Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, a strong and powerful Seti Coscarella. Seti, are you ready to do this? I sure am, George. Thanks for having me on. Excited to have you on. Seti is the CEO of Tat Global Alternatives. They are a tobacco and nicotine-free cigarette. Seti, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure thing. So, um... The company itself, TAT, is a, an alternative to traditional cigarettes. Uh, we don't use tobacco. We don't use nicotine. So our product is non-addictive. And I think that for a lot of smokers, that is a product that many of them would actively be looking for. Uh, my background, so I've worked in a number of different industries. I've worked in uh, finance, capital markets, uh, was an entrepreneur. I've worked in green energy manufacturing. Uh, most recently I was at Philip Morris, uh, working on their new reduced risk product called Icos. And that's when I got introduced to the folks at TAT. And I really thought that they had a very interesting, uh, approach to the market. And, you know, after some further study, I thought that this might could, you know, this could actually be a very interesting, uh, journey to go on. So I left Philip Morris. I joined here as their CEO and I think, uh, it, it's been a fun ride since the start. Nice. I can't even, well, and it, it's sort of a, sort of a weird thing cause you work there. I can't even imagine what it must be like to work at Philip Morris. How was that experience? Honestly, I thought it was really awesome. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the people that work there are <laughs> tremendous. Um, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people look at the product that a company sells and assume that, you know, everybody in there is nefarious in some way. And that's yeah. really, you know, <laughs> sorry to, to, to disappoint. I mean, it, it's really just a great collection of people that get up every morning and try to do the best they can at their job. It's a job, right? You got a billion and a half consumers that smoke. Hmm. So you make a product that services about a billion and a half people worldwide. A billion. I, you know, I've said this in a ton of interviews, even with, with our product. I mean, I, I don't encourage anybody to smoke. Yeah. I mean, if you don't smoke, I suggest you don't start. If you do smoke, you should probably quit. Right. And, and if you don't quit, then, then you can try TAT. And, and there's a billion and a half people who haven't quit. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge addressable market. And, and Philip Morris or, or British American or Japan Tobacco, I mean, it's no different we all sort of make products that service that segment of the population and we do the best we can to satisfy our customers. Amen. So a billion and a half people on planet earth are currently smoking. Is that traditional cigarettes? Is that vaping? How is that sort of shaken out over the past several years? Well, it's always predominantly going to be uh, traditional cigarettes. I mean, I think a lot of people think that vaping has sort of taken the world by storm, and it, it had, but, you know, I'll tell you, in my work at Philip Morris, I mean, I've worked with thousands of smokers to try to understand, you know, what they like about smoking, what they don't like about smoking, and, and why they might consider switching to new products. And what I found was, was really interesting. About 75% of smokers have tried vaping. Yet, if you take a look at the nicotine market, the number of smokers still outweighs the number of vapors 20 to 1. 
So if everybody's tried smoking, why is everybody, or if everybody's tried vaping, why is everybody still smoking? It kind of tells you what the preferred delivery mechanism is. So when I say the billion and a half people worldwide, the vast majority of those people are going to be traditional cigarette smokers. Got it. That's 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 interesting. That's fascinating. Super important research right there. 75% of mm-hmm. smokers have tried vaping, yet smokers still outweigh vapors 20 to 1. Got it. Yeah. And do you have a sense of how many people every year or have tried to stop smoking? A lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I had read a study a couple of years ago that said it takes the average smoker 30 some odd attempts to actually quit smoking. So, you know, 30 attempts after a certain amount of tries, you got to imagine the perseverance somebody needs to kind of continue. I think our product can give people, um, sort of that better alternative. Like we're not positioning this as a smoking cessation product. Um, but I do think that with TAT, it gives smokers the power to choose. So because it's not addictive or it doesn't have a physiological dependency that's built when you use it, I think for many smokers, when they switch over to TAT, they'll be able to control their consumption a lot better. And if you want to smoke, smoke. If you don't want to smoke, don't smoke because you won't have the physiological dependency that nicotine brings to a cigarette. Nice. So I smoked SETI from age 16 to 26, and I was a, I was a full-time serious smoker. None of that, none of that couple cigarettes a day crap for me. I was at least a pack a day. No, you, were, you were a pack plus, weren't you? Yeah, for sure. And when I was yeah. up, up being social, it was a lot more than that. And I don't know how many times I tried to quit smoking. It probably wasn't quite 30, but it was a lot. And so I had more than one. Yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) So there's a undeniable physiological component to it that that's it's it's obviously highly addictive. And then there's also the just the the habit and the routine, and it's part of every aspect of life. When you wake up after you eat, all it's 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 a break. It's an opportunity to be social. How do you think about that part of it? I tend to agree. I think there's a lot. Look, I mean, if it were just the nicotine alone, then I think the vaping would work better than it did. It does, right? Because it administers nicotine and often cases significantly higher concentrations of nicotine. So I think nicotine is a component of the whole smoking ritual, albeit an important one. And then there's the, the other sort of social factors going out, the way that you buy it, the way that you light it, the smell it makes, like all these sorts of things, I think form part of a overall ritual of, uh, of smoking. And that's one of the pieces that we wanted to maintain. Otherwise the entire experience becomes so foreign that, you know, for a smoker, it becomes difficult to understand why they would use the product in the first place. So when we designed our product, we wanted to make it as, uh, we wanted to make it as similar to uh, a cigarette as you possibly could. And, and I think that we've done a, a very good job in that because in absence of that, 
like I said, you're just not going to get a lot of smokers that want to completely change everything about, you know, whether it be the nicotine, whether it be the form factor. It just doesn't create an experience that I, I think the majority of them would want to use consistently. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, I, I, I just, I wouldn't have, thinking back, I would not have just all of a sudden started smoking a, a vape pen. Uh, the experience would have been a thousand percent different. Um, so I'm just being honest about the experience of smoking. I, I, I loved it. It was awesome. I, <laughs> I liked the feeling. I liked the, the ritual as you described it. Uh, there was something that was cool about it used to be in every movie people would smoke and you're like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Go watch casino or some of those movies and they just smoke the whole time. So, so there's certainly a lot more that goes into it. You mentioned that you're not positioning this as a smoking cessation product. So Mm -hmm. how, how, how do you, how do you describe the positioning of it? Uh, We position it as an alternative to traditional tobacco cigarettes. Um, from a smoking cessation standpoint, I always believe that that's up to the choice of the user. So it's not like I want to create something. I want to give smokers a choice. And I don't think that with cigarettes, they have that choice because of the addictive nature of them. I think with a product like TAT, we can put that power to choose back into the hands of the consumer. And then they can decide if they want to smoke, then they can smoke. If they don't want to smoke, then they don't have to smoke. And I think in doing so, um, because smokers don't really like to be preached at, mm-hmm. right? Right. You smoked from 16 to 26, you said? Yeah. Yeah. How many times did you enjoy hearing somebody tell you, you know what, you should really quit? Yeah, that was that was always very, very, that was groundbreaking information every time I heard it. Yeah, I was like, wow, thanks a lot, <laughs> right? People are going to make the decision for themselves. I mean, we don't, like, you don't need to sit there and, and you know, protect and, and govern it. We'll give you a product. You can make the decision when you're ready to make the decision. And I think that when a consumer or a smoker makes the decision for themselves and then takes action, the result is much more longer term than they're doing it because they've been nagged into it. A thousand percent. That was certainly my experience. It wasn't, I wasn't doing mm-hmm. it for any other reason than I wanted to stop smoking. Um, right. so. And everybody's reason and everybody's timing is different. We just want to make sure that when they want to make that switch, product's available to you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So how, how long has, has Tech Global Alternatives been, been on the market? So we launched uh, commercially in December of 2020. Uh, oh. We initially just launched in Ohio, um, you know, a handful of stores. And then from there... Uh, we've grown. We're now in well over 20 states, well over 15 or 1,600 stores. Um, we've landed international distribution deals to the UK, Ireland, Australia. We just recently announced Austria as well. Um, things are things are materializing a lot faster than I would have thought, which I think is great for the company. Yeah, and so obviously the reception has been good because it didn't just fall flat when you launched in Ohio. Right. Uh, I think the response has been very good. Uh, you know, we've gotten letters from smokers saying, you know, finally there's a product that I think I can actually switch to, uh, that I enjoy because what we found even, you know, in a lot of work at Philip Morris is the satisfaction of smokers when they switch to these alternatives wasn't terribly high. Uh, 
And that's what kind of kept them constantly searching. So they moved back the cigarettes, but they wouldn't really find something else where they could land. And I think we're giving them that option now. Um, so the response overall, I think, has been very positive. Um, you know, we recently made some adjustments to the formulation based on consumer feedback, which I also think is good and healthy for a business to do. I mean, especially when you're in CPG, as I, I usually tell people, if you're in this industry and you want to succeed, just listen to your consumers and you'll be fine. So, um, you know, when we initially launched our product, I thought we had a very good product and I, I still do. Uh, after some feedback, there were certain things that we wanted to fix. So uh, we iterated that formulation and we we're now sort of let's call it version two. Like that's the one that's going out hard into the market. And I think it's performing extraordinarily well. So again, in the beginning, you always want to go with a product that you think is best, test the market, understand, you know, what the actual consumers of your product have to say. If there are certain tweaks you have to make, make those tweaks and then off you go. And I think that that's exactly what we've been able to do over the last number of months. So walk me through the the buyer experience. They they walk into, I, I used to walk into a gas station to buy cigarettes. I'd buy the pack, you know, pack the cigarettes or however you do it, you unwrap it. How is how is that, that for lack of a better term, the consumer journey, the customer journey for TAT? Listen, we, we try to make the consumer journey or the, the consumer experience as similar to tobacco as possible. So you're going to buy it in convenience stores, um, Pricing is going to be less than cigarettes. Packaging is going to look like a cigarette. It's going to be on the shelf, either next to the cigarettes, or we're going to have it in a counter display unit right next to where you would normally find the five-hour energy. Hmm. So TAT will actually preempt the line of sight before you get the cigarettes. And that's really how we want to be able to showcase our product at retail. And we want to put it in the same channel that smokers would otherwise go to to buy cigarettes. How has that experience been with, with, with the traditional cigarette companies? Do they see you and they say, "No way, we're going to try to destroy you"? Or I think they're intrigued. Hmm. Um, again, like I, I remember when I was still at Philip Morris, and you know, kind of let some people know. Obviously, when you resign, uh, you got to let people know. And you know, first question, obviously, is okay. So, so what are you going to do now? And you would explain it. And for the vast majority of people in the tobacco industry, the first sort of comment was, how are you going to sell this product? It's not addicted. Hmm. And I said, well, that's absurd. They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. Every other product you buy isn't addictive. Right. It seems like a neat stretch that you need to kind of sell your wares. Like, I mean, I like peanut butter. I finish a jar of peanut butter, go buy another jar of peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter is not addictive. At least nylon. No. <laughs> Most of the other stuff in there is not in everything else in the, the grocery store. So... I don't think it needs to be addictive in order for it to sell. And I think for a lot of people who have that ingrained mindset, um, you know, they take a look at the product and they're probably more intrigued than anything else to say, okay, is this thing actually going to work or are smokers actually going to start gravitating towards this? So I think that's, you know, a lot of the, um, and again, I'm all speculating here, but if I was on the other side, that's probably what I'd be looking for. Yeah. yeah more think... of a curiosity at this point. Like I need to see whether this thing, but whether people actually like this thing. Right. Yeah. So what what does the future hold for, for TAP? 
Well, like I said, uh, we've been growing sort of our distribution and commercialization in the U.S. Um, uh, I'd like to be in all of the U.S. states, hopefully by the end of this coming year. Um, We're in active discussions with distributors throughout Europe, so I'm hopeful that we can start adding a lot more countries in Europe as well. And... um, Really, the, the ultimate goal for me at TAT is we want to make sure that every smoker on earth has the ability to buy TAT if they so choose. So really it becomes an exercise in trying to get this into as many, if not all, of the points of sale that sell cigarettes around the world. Nice. I love it. Well, Seti, people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well... <clears throat> I think in general and in life, oftentimes, I mean, you're going to come up with certain ideas or you're going to think a particular way, and a lot of people might not necessarily see it your way. I think what you need to remember is if everybody saw it the same way you did, then somebody would have already done it before you. So just because people might tell you that, hey, I don't know if this is going to work, or maybe I don't think that's a good idea. If you really believe in it and you have the conviction and you're willing to put the one foot in front of the other, I suggest you do it because you'd be surprised where you find yourself after a couple of years. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Seti, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage with TAT Global Alternatives? So they can find more about TAT at tatglobal.com. Uh, they can also follow us on social at tatglobal. Uh, if they want to learn more about the product, they can learn more at tritat.com. Uh, they can also follow us on social at tritat. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Seti your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to tatglobal.com, go to trytat.com, and that's T-R-Y-T-A-A-T.com, and find them on social at trytat and at tat. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Seti. Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight, as we are all in this together.